Please believe me when I say that I really, really wanted to offer you a light-hearted, whimsical sermon today. (laughs) My message last week was a little bit heavy, as was the news. And so, turning to the scripture readings this week, with hope in my heart, I encountered Jeremiah. Is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? And then the letter to the Hebrews with its vivid image of the sin that clings so closely. As if sin were the polyester shirt stuck to your skin on a hot muggy night in New Orleans. Leaving you anxious and uncomfortable. Desperately seeking whimsy, I looked to the psalm and found, Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. And then there was Luke's gospel, where Jesus says, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. You hypocrites, why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This, the same Jesus who said, I am gentle and humble in heart, and my yoke is easy and my burden is light? I honestly wanted to give you a heartwarming message, especially since we're baptizing young Andrew Beam later this morning. I did notice that Luke's gospel included this line, I have a baptism with which to be baptized. And I thought, maybe I can just scalpel that out from the destruction surrounding it. (laughs) And no one will notice. But you would, and rightly so. Alas, the Spirit and the Scriptures call me to a message other than rainbows and unicorns this morning. And I hope you will forgive me. Maybe next week. So what are these readings about? Well, they're about living a lazy life. Lazy in faith, lazy in hope, and lazy in love and charity. And like a a group of young ruffians in a lonely alleyway. Our three readings have ganged up on us and are roughing us up to shake us out of our complacency. Every Sunday, between the 8 and 10 a.m. services, I walk over to Posh Bagel on Main Street for my egg, ham, and cheese breakfast sandwich. Along the way, I pass a dozen or more people sitting outside the Los Gatos Coffee Roasting Company, clad in post-bike ride spandex, uh, enjoying a morning latte and gabbing contentedly. Meticulously groomed dogs happily pant. And strollers are pushed to and from the farmer's market on the plaza, and there is general good cheer. About a third of the time, I pass by this crowd and think, wow, isn't that nice? But another third of the time, I feel a little more like Jesus in today's reading. I want to stop and shout arms wide like John Brown in that famous painting. Why aren't you people in church? Do you not know how to interpret the present time, you hypocrites? And I have to admit, if I had the nerve to do it, that'd be really kind of fun. (laughs) But I doubt it would lead to an increased attendance here. (laughs) 
And so I do what I always do when I'm out in my clericals. I smile and try to make myself look as harmless as possible. (laughs) To counteract any possible feelings of discomfort that my presence may cause from those who see religion as harmful, judgmental, or irrelevant. Why am I so passive about my faith? If I, if we, really believe that Jesus is the Christ, is God made human, then why be so apologetic? I mean, we are talking eternal salvation here. At least that's our belief system. And it seems appropriate to stand up a little straighter and carry that message with some intentionality. Frankly, I do think the culture has passed us by. Religion is passé. But just because they've won the argument doesn't mean they're right. Now, of course, you don't have to go to church or even be Christian to be a good person, to love and be lovable. But if you happen to know someone who says things like, I find God in nature, or I believe something exists out there, but I don't have to go to church to access it. Or I practice my spirituality in other ways like yoga or meditation. I invite you to ask them, and how is that making the world a better place and not just another form of self-help? Okay, I'm ranting now. (laughs) Who I'm really mad at is myself. Because in my own way, I too avoid what is difficult about my faith. Avoid the responsibilities that come with embracing the Christian faith. Avoid the harsher Jesus and God of today's readings. Because I too am living a lazy life, lazy in faith, lazy in hope, and lazy in love and charity. It may not look like it from the outside, but I'm telling you now, it's true. Because that last third of the time, that I pass by those nice folks outside the coffee shop, I wish I could join them. I wish I could forget about the burdens placed upon me as a follower of Jesus. Ah, to never have to go to church again, sleeping, no sermons, no pestering, no pledging, no volunteering, no parishioner drama. Ah. But I could never do that. And neither can you, by the way. And here's why. God messed us up. (laughs) Jesus came down and lived a life of servanthood, taught us sacrifice and unconditional love, preached repentance and transformation, dressed them all up like desirable goals. And that messed us up. Because as Christians, we have all come to believe, each in our own way, that life is a moral undertaking. That what we have done, or what we have left undone, matters. There is wrong and right, sin and redemption, all woven into the fabric of each day. So that, consciously or not, we believe that every interaction we have with others and everything we do is pregnant with the possibility of either grace or falling short of it. God messed us up by making us care, by goading us to want to do right. Which is not to say only Christians have morals, 
all those Sunday relaxers out there have good in their hearts too. But few other groups have organized themselves so thoroughly around questions of the soul and eternity, sin and complicity, redemption and grace, and with such large towering cathedrals with spires. On the plus side, we receive so much benefit from coming together in community Sunday after Sunday. We are recharged for that tussle of love we endure each week. So it's not all bad, I guess. But just to reiterate, God messed us up, planting in us a need to worship and to long for justice, mercy, and more than what we see all around us. So what does this all have to do with the harshness in today's readings? God says, my word is like fire and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. The letter to the Hebrews commends for their faith those who were tortured, mocked, flogged, stoned to death, sawn in two, or killed by the sword for the sake of God. And Jesus wants division, not peace, longs for a cleansing fire, not a yoke that's easy or a burden that's light. Well, these three readings, these three ruffians in that dark alleyway are actually the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're trying to shake you and me out of our complacency. Their message is severe because the present time requires it and because we need to live our faith less lazily. Here's the part that might not go down so easily this morning. Church is not a hobby. It's not something to be done in our spare time whenever there are no sports games on TV we want to watch, or when we're not visiting family or on vacation, or whenever we don't feel like sleeping in. Jesus grabs us by the shirt collar this morning and says, wake up and worship. Actually strive to live the baptismal vows you are about to renew in a few minutes, as if those words truly meant something to you, because they should. Stop being lazy in faith, lazy in hope, and lazy in love and charity. Believe in me and live accordingly. This is not a fun thing to hear, and I trust I may have lost a few fans this morning. Maybe like Jesus did when he first uttered these threats long ago. But let me not leave you bummed out and cause you to leave St. Luke's for good. There's also promise in all this. Yes, God messed you up. But you have also been endowed with the capacity to love and to show mercy. To be Christ in the world. And this will bring you joy. It may even also save the world slowly but surely. And just look at all the glorious companions around you in these pews that you have encountered as a result of this journey. Maybe not as many as we'd like to see in the pews, but precious and wonderful nonetheless. What a great cloud of witnesses to have to accompany us. And remember that what God means about a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces is this. You are a block of stone within which something exquisite resides. 
It longs to break forth and be seen. God wants to chisel you into that work of art hiding beneath your complacency, that spiritual inner sculpture that is your true self. But the breaking off of parts of you to find that perfect shape will not be painless. And Christ longs to bring fire to the earth and wishes it were already kindled because it's a refiner's fire, one that would burn your soul in its kiln and mold it into that marvelous earthen vessel already inside that can hold more love than you thought possible and will pour out that love on a world burning with despair. May we all be broken and burned into new life. Amen.